Hello, welcome to episode 171 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. I'm joined, as ever, by Renfrey Deadman. Hello. Who is here. Yes. Who's wearing a t-shirt, which yes. could do with some explaining. Oh, okay, uh, it is... Uh... <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Yes, I am wearing a T-shirt, which seems to have offended you somehow. We're going to talk about people being offended a lot this week. Oh, we are. Uh, it is a, a mashup between Iron Maiden and uh, the popular Disney Plus program, The Mandalorian, based on the Star Wars series, a series that you uh, are fairly... I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. The Ma- seen it. It's brilliant. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, rather than saying Iron Maiden, it says Iron Mando in the Iron Maiden font... And it has basically the Mandalorian uh, in a trooper style but it says the hunter rather than the trooper. You've got your little child there. I know people don't like it being called Baby Yoda, but it is Baby Yoda, but it isn't Baby Yoda. And yeah, it's all very exciting. That's Boba Fett, isn't it? No, it's not Boba Fett. He's a bounty hunter. No, he's a bounty. Boba Fett. You, you haven't seen it, so you don't know, do you? Well, he's a, a picture no. of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. This is gonna. Get... Right. I'm gonna show you my slippers again. Um, <laughs> we, 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 basically, um, peek behind the curtain. We're recording this intro for the second time because I forgot to plug in my microphone. You'd have yeah, thought I didn't want to see your fucking slippers the first time. So well, well, we tough can skip this if you want. Fucking shit, because I'm. So fucking proud of these. Well, proud? Are you wearing um, them? Yeah, it's You're wearing cold. them as they record. Yes. Oh, Renfrey. It, it, so the the nights are drawing in. It's getting colder. My feet are getting cold, and I was complaining mm. about it. It's the saddest story I've ever heard. Yeah, quite. And uh, <laughs> so I bought these motherfuckers. I'm holding them up to the camera now so that Steve can see them. Would you like mm. to explain what they are? They're just like lizard feet, furry lizard feet. Exactly. And I go around stomping around the house like a Trivium beatdown or whatever, because that's what they do, isn't it? Trivium Um, beatdown, is it? (laughs) Whatever. They do do beatdowns, do they? (laughs) Well, they have a a stomp to them, uh, so I've heard. Well, I'm aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, because I'm a child, I can't get normal adult slippers. So I have to get these child slippers. You, it's funny, isn't it? Because slippers seem to only come in like octogenarian or kids that is exactly it's quite hard to know you know i'm you know i mean what i would do is just not wear slippers that's my but then your feet get cold dealing with it it's the price you pay for not wearing (laughs) old person slippers or you know doing cosplaying a fucking lizard I, (laughs) i was quite annoyed as i was looking through the slippers you're absolutely right. You can you either can get these novelty slippers, and I mean, I say these are novelty. These were in the novelty slipper section, but they're not novelty oh, really? at all. Oh, no, 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 no. I'd wear these out. I'd wear these to a club if I was right, allowed. One, you wouldn't be allowed in, and two, <laughs> when it what, when are you going to a club? When was the last time <laughs> you went out clubbing? Oh God, probably over ten years ago. Yeah, it's been a while. But my thirty my thirty fourth birthday, I went to a club. Never again. No. I mean, obviously never again, because I felt old. <laughs> I felt old seven years ago. Clubs are rubbish. Club. They're not the best, no. Dancing's rubbish. It's boring. Dancing's good. Dancing's boring. <laughs> no, yeah, it is boring, isn't it? It's anyway, boring, isn't it? I love my slippers. I've tripped up the stairs three times, I think, already. I've only had them a couple of days. 
but mm. it's, it's worth it for it my is. feet being warm and for me looking like the coolest kid on the block you probably wouldn't trip over so much if you danced more maybe if you had a bit more kind of rhythmic no we mainly what it is so they they have these big sort of pointy toes pointing out from them and we have a bunch of fairy lights around mm-hmm. the banisters because i live in a palace um of some kind and uh, i keep getting the toes in between the wire and stuff and then i trip over that and it's all uh, it's just ridiculous right see it was our intention to make these shows shorter <laughs> when we sort of ditched the review segment but we just replaced <laughs> reviews of albums with chat about slippers and i just really t-shirts. like my slippers <laughs> yeah good i saw a dog when um oh yeah when yeah mm-hmm. called tuppence mm-hmm. in the little coffee shop tuppence above dog no it's not tuppence above is it no it's not i don't know uh feed the birds tuppence tuppence a bag yes there we go (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about somebody's tuppence in a little bit on the show today but he was lovely i thought i would actually quite like a dog i don't think bonjour will have it but i would like one day i might i think i might i think i might get a dog at some point i can't believe you just called it someone's tuppence but yes that's a very old school way to put it, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh, what a tuppence. I used to work with a guy who, I mean, I'm not saying this was all right in any way, but I used to work with a guy who would shout at girls, get your Pauline Fowler out. Oh, dear. Pauline Fowler, growler, unbelievable. Apropos of what? Just... Just him being an absolute cunt, basically. Hmm. He sounds, yeah, he sounds like He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Fucking. He's just one of them, uh, like a Cockney. He was a character. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Cockney wide boy. He was a bit of a character. And he would shout things. And he also used to eat a packet of chocolate hobnobs for breakfast, which. So he's probably dead now. Anyway, let's get on with it patreon.com forward slash right act podcast you can go there if you like we've got all manner of stuff going on over there including including finally we actually did another classic album five pound a month you can get two classic albums it's been a bit slack recently over the last few months i'm not gonna lie has been slack but we are back on it now we're back on it and we just did the southern harmony and the musical companion as picked by me by georgian rockers the black crows their 1992 sophomore record which i absolutely fucking love and i said some pretty mad shit about it some crazy revelations from the the Mm. boy hill here um about that album but actually you know i I, it is a great record you're a far bigger black crows fan than i am i like them i think you described it you you said would you consider yourself a fair weather fan of uh, the Mm -hmm. black crows i think that's probably fair uh weather but that album is is excellent and i really i really enjoyed learning a lot more about them and brothers uh in in rock and stuff like that and why you love that band and not other Retro yeah, why they're, they're bands, better yeah. than Temperance Movement mm. and Greta Van Fleets and all those bands. Why they stand comfortably, I would say, head and shoulders above any of that stuff. There is a reason, and I think we kind of got to the bottom of it. So if you want to do that, like I say, £5 a month, we will start doing these on the reg again. Over there at the moment, you've got us looking at albums by Weezer, The Beatles, Sepultura, Guns N' Roses, Smashing Pumpkins, Specials, Kajira, Soundgarden, Joy Division, Baroness, Beastie Boys, Queens of Stone Age, Cave-In, Blur, Foo Fighters, Jane's Addiction, 
Glassjaw, Seeger Ross, loads of stuff, loads of stuff over there. Plus more, you hear me say it every week if you listen every week. So do go over to patreon.com forward slash right podcast and sign up. We would like that. And the next this one week, we're going to be oh, adding. Oh, yes, sorry, go on. That's okay. Mm-hmm. The next one we're going to be adding to that pretty big list as it is is sunbather by death heaven a controversial choice for some yeah. uh for the haters um because i i said i said pick a metal album and you pick that and i went <laughs> this has got a pink album cover how can it be metal it can't be it's not it can't be <laughs> yes yeah well uh, you know i'm gonna delve into that a lot i i, I think what? something that i'm really interested i'm really interested in why do why do some fans of black metal take against it so much why do they find it so offensively bad and annoying and i'd like to sort of look into that as well um so yeah but i think um even though it's only eight years old i think because of the the love for that album and the hatred for that album being so so huge i think it's absolutely worthy of its own classic album already easily I agree. It's certainly going to be an interesting conversation. And I've actually picked my next classic album, which I'm not going to reveal to you here. I'm going to save that until we put the next one out. But that will happen. So, like I say, go over to our, our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. In terms of this week and things coming out this week, Renfrey, I think this might be the biggest week in terms of sizable releases maybe of the year in terms of you think that come the end of 2021 if you add together the amount of streams or album sales or however you manage that metric this might be the week that has the biggest the albums that all kind of collectively have the most sales now yes i think in terms of sales absolutely yes mm. because we have a new album from james blunt mm-hmm. who will probably shift a few what with his you know, Twitter antics have made him go, oh, his music is rubbish. Yeah. And he's sort of admitting it's rubbish, but hey, he's admitting it. So we like him again now. So James Blunt on the comeback trail. Sting has a new album out mm-hmm. of the police fame and Sting <laughs> fame. Sting, you know, Sting. But I think people know who Sting is. He was in that film Dune as well. You might have heard of that. Not the yeah. new one, the old one, in his pants. Terry and June, right? Terry and June, that's yeah the movie that was quick brian brian wilson <laughs> brian wilson's got a new album out from the beach boys yeah. yeah 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 you know since he's come back he's been doing things and stuff hasn't he and he's a beloved character brian wilson robert plant and alison krauss first time together since that massive record that they did together uh going back what is it now that Probably feels like, like 10 or 15 10, years ago 10 yeah. 12 years ago isn't it? it's quite a long time ago but that was you know an, an, a, a union which yielded some pretty incredible results for those two so i think people yeah. will be incredibly excited about that elbow have got a new album out we're a little bit drawn on how we feel about elbow i think we both think sort of slightly different stuff about him. i think the early part of elbow's career and the album the seldom seen kid which came out in 2010 i think is fucking brilliant mm-hmm. although we reviewed I say we i don't think you were on the show that week but we did review elbow's last album in 2019 mm-hmm I can't remember what it's called now but it was incredibly unremarkable mm-hmm. i would say so mm-hmm. i haven't really paid that much attention to this coming out but elbow you know they play the o2 they're a big band big release right yep undoubtedly a big release yes but the one that is going to tip the scales oh yeah we'll tip it off the fucking chart i think you probably put all of them together and they wouldn't do half 
of what 30 by Adele is going to do, which mm, will be... Arguably, yeah. Undoubtedly is going to be the biggest selling album of this year, surely. I can't think of anything else which might topple it. Maybe the Ed Sheeran album, although that does feel a little bit less of a... That came out a couple of weeks back. That feels... There's not as much hype around that as a, has been around this Adele album. Well, we're saying that based on the fact that her previous two albums were the biggest selling albums of the year, certainly in the UK. I don't know about worldwide, but certainly in the UK by a considerable amount. And it's been five years. I think it's five years since the last Adele album. So hence, you know, it seems to be a relatively foregone conclusion that, yeah, in terms of the the most amount of copies of an album that has shifted this year, it's probably going to happen this week. I can I just say, I've actually just looked up. Mm-hmm. Apparently Adele has a cumulative tally of 90.7 million equivalent album sales. From her three albums, Crikey. Adele, whereas Ed Sheeran has sold more than 150 million records worldwide. How many albums has Ed Sheeran done? He's done five. Okay, so she's still. I mean, she's still. I mean, they're similar. They're similar numbers, aren't they? They aren't. Yeah. Wildly. If you're saying five, apart. so five, so that's five albums would be. You're looking at twenty-seven. Point seven recurring yeah, something like, per yeah, album. Yeah. Let's just say thirty per million album. per album. Let's just round yeah. it up. And yeah. so, and Adele, you're looking at thirty million per album. So they're they're of a similar size, but I think because Ed Sheeran, I think she's released two albums since the last Adele album came out. Probably yeah, in quite quick succession. Yeah, and he's written every single fucking thing ever. And he did that weird project, and he getting Stormzy and all those chaps involved. Stormzy and all those chaps uh, and Chris Stapleton I think you did a song with him on there didn't he but certainly Adele this feels like a like a big deal mm, yeah it will be the biggest deal yeah the biggest deal not something we're going to cover by the way <laughs> no just to be clear no, no, no. Um, I mean you know I, I'm, I'm fairly um, fairly on the on the fence with Adele to be honest she's clearly got a, a great voice uh and you know musically i mean you said to me that you find her music boring i can understand that um but i don't i you know i'd much rather adele than uh, i don't know some of the big manufactured pop groups that we grew up with or such as well you know any of those manufactured any of them five uh i think i would prefer adele than five personally really yeah 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 yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> My God. Absolutely not. Uh, I just, like, I don't really like those big ballads. They seem like they go yeah. on for months, some of those songs. <laughs> I, so I'm sitting there going... It's like watching fucking Troy or Kingdom of Heaven or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Just like that Oscar bait yes. stuff where you're like, yeah, yeah, this is real. You, you've spent a lot of time crafting this, but the result is a slog and i feel like adele as good as she is vocally her music's a slog rolling in the deep's not why she can't do half and i do that and rolling the deep's great that's a great song mm. we used to have it all. yeah yeah, yeah. Know, that is a great song and as i've just proven actually quite easy to sing as well <laughs> as i've just proven it did so sound as she, good as adele's yeah, rendition. so has she got a good voice you know i'll leave debatable. up debatable debatable isn't it but all like you know hello from the other like no all right it okay. just goes on too long 
much rather have five will make you get down sing it it's be- that that is better it's better okay okay i mean i you know i i, I either way i i don't have a dog in this race to be honest so i'm not particularly fussed either way you've besmirched the name of five and you must pay <sighs> okay <laughs> uh, but it's going to be huge this record yeah obviously and i think a lot of people in it's been quite funny to watch people as we're going to discuss have been getting so adele has every right to bring her album out on vinyl yes and yet and yet because so many adele albums are going to have to be printed because it's going to be such a massive album i have seen a group of people from like our scene going oh thanks adele thanks very much now my album which is coming out a week after yours it's going to be delayed for months because of you, because of what? And it's like, well, she's got every right as an artist to release her fucking record and put it out on vinyl. Of course she has. Yeah, it's also not Adele's fault, the uh, vinyl manufacturing issues that have been happening. It's uh, a combination no. of many factors which have fuck all to do with Adele. <laughs> um, but, do you think yeah. Adele gives a, f- gives a fuck? I think Adele gives a flying fuck whether the fucking Hot Milk EP doesn't come out on vinyl <laughs> like the <laughs> for another two months. Yeah. Do you think she gives a flying fuck? Yeah. Of course she doesn't. I do give a fuck, by the way. The longer we have to wait for that, the better, frankly. <laughs> I think there's a sort of analogue quality to Adele, which I can see sounding mm. good on vinyl like i don't yeah. really i mean lana yeah. del rey's chemtrails over the country club was like the biggest selling vinyl of the year mm-hmm. when it was released and i can see why that would work well on vinyl yeah i mean yeah there's some stuff like you would go does britney spears album need to be out on vinyl yeah, quite does an ariana grande album or you know bts yeah, or somebody like that. Do they need to... Have, I think we discussed this a little bit before. Like, you know, what are you getting out of that on vinyl? Not really yeah. very much. But yeah, I think Adele is someone we could go... That could yeah. sound... Her songs are usually quite rich and the instrumentation yeah. is quite full, so I can understand it. And I don't really think it's of any relevance to somebody at some little record label. You know, like, you can be annoyed about it, but don't be like, Adele's trying to kill punk rock by releasing an album <laughs> like fuck off and if the vinyl does actually come so i'm assuming the vinyl is actually coming out november 19th is it yeah so they because of these ma- delays in manufacturing etc cetera, etc cetera, they probably would have planned that back in january i i'm guessing as in they would have like you know put it in for january to get it ready for november because that's the lead times at the moment it's around there's conflicting reports but it's nine to twelve months i think at the moment for vinyl but mm-hmm. yeah it's what happens when you jump on a bandwagon, ladies and gents. <laughs> it bloody is. It bloody is. I'm all right with my CDs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're fine with those, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Not not very eco-friendly, though, is it, Renfrey? Oh, are you telling me that vinyl is more eco-friendly than CDs? Because I'm telling you right now, it fucking no, I'm ain't. Not, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> absolutely you that. isn't. I'm not. I thought I'd just, just uh, have a go at you for that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what you do, isn't it? You just have a go at someone else for whatever they do (laughs) (laughs) even if you're doing the same thing um yeah so it's going to be a really really big week and adele will be the biggest album of the year whether it's musically any of that stuff is relevant to what we talk about but it does have tiny little incremental knock-on effects i think of course it does yeah i was getting to yeah in terms of stuff that i'm actually kind of quite into which is coming out this week um there's a band called potty mouth who've got an ep out called one percent happier 
and it's proper 90s riot girl stuff or it sounds like it could be at some points on a fucking Lindsay Lohan movie from about 15 years ago it's like Freaky Friday <laughs> but like a little bit more gruff around the edges and they're yeah. actually splitting up they're split up but yeah. this is their final this is their EP. Final EP. Yeah, I listened to this. This was good. I, I, I enjoyed good, this. It? It's a shame that they're splitting up. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I, I thought this was it had that very kind of authentic Riot Girl kind of thing to it. And if you're into that sort of thing, absolutely well worth checking out. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. sort of bubblegum poppy. Yes. But with that kind of 90s alt rock thing. So it's kind of like a Disney Riot Girl. Because it sort of Disney. sits in the middle. I thought it sat right really well in the middle between those two things where it's not too much to be high school musical or like, but it but it is it does have a bit of that kind of, I guess, post some 41 Newfound Glory esque pop punk thing. But yet it was really 90s, you know, I guess Elastica, Hull, Sleeper that kind of thing it yeah. had to it as well so I, 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 I really liked it I thought it was good Bitch um, Falcon but poppier I would almost say yeah 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 uh, maybe she will have an album out this week that you yes. listened to didn't you yes so maybe she will are a, a favourite of mine um sort of uh, very i mean all of the all of the words that i use to describe a lot of bands expansive cinematic yada 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 absolutely apply to this band they broke up for a for a short while in i want to say 2014 or 2015 certainly their last album was 2014 and mm -hmm. this is their first album back it's their fifth album overall big um big in the arc tangent scene like maybe she will have played many many arc tangents and done double sets at arc tangent and all that kind of thing they are most well known i'd say for having a sense of like optimistic um happiness and i think they're very uplifting the music that they they do generally but this album, No Feeling Is Final, is a much darker, more sombre album than the, what, what they've done before. I think due to events in the world. It's quite a dark time, generally, not to bring the tone down. And I think as a result, we're getting a lot of really dark records. You know, art tends to uh, reflect what is happening in the world. And certainly... It's an instrumental album, so to, to, so to say that it has a theme or a concept or anything like that, I think would be going too far. But certainly there is a darker sense to it, certainly than their previous records. Really, um, it, it's it's an absolutely killer record. I, I, you always get a little bit worried when bands have been away for a while and then they come back. We've we've talked about this quite a bit. What were we talking about? The, the weirdness by the Stooges, weren't we? And stuff like that on Broken Records the other day. Sometimes they come back and it's not quite there. I think, having had this record for a while, I think it's probably... I think it's their second best album, basically. Uh, after there's an album called I Was Here For A Moment and Then I Was Gone, which I think most people would consider their classic. But I think this is a really, really great record produced by the band's bassist, Jamie Ward, who uh, produced Animal Choir by Her Name Is Colour, which is a record that obviously oh, both nice. of us absolutely loved. So it's that kind of sumptuous production. Um, he's also produced Gallops, uh, Tides of Nebula, Berry Tomorrow. Um, and yeah. Berry Tomorrow? Yeah, I was a bit surprised at that as well. I thought that was a bit of an outlier, but yes, he's done very tomorrow. Although I can kind of see that making sense because I think 
what I know of Berries Tomorrow, I think they do like to have that grand sweeping sense to their metal core. So it does actually kind of make sense that Jamie would do that. Um, lots of sad, somber strings on a song like The Weight of Light, burbling electronics, we've arrived at the burning building, heavy drones, which are, I wouldn't call them a metal band in any way at all, but some of the drones on this record are really oppressive and go into territory where I wouldn't say that it's a Cult of Luna type thing, but there's a vague sense of that as well and saxophone the um the instrument of the moment uh saxophone it really um, is, isn't it oh yeah 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 but I, again i am not complaining on a great song called refuting i think we need to invent some sort of sax klaxon uh for whenever that a saxon if you saxon <laughs> maybe oh, we shouldn't not, call it a saxon let's not call it a saxon no <laughs> oh dear. no i take that back i think if you just wanted to check out one song to get a, a feel and an idea of what this album is probably green and unpleasant land um is the most representative of the album of a whole or, uh, as a whole but uh I, i'm very very keen on maybe she will and i I, th- I think i think you would get quite a bit out of this album as well i've compared them to public service broadcasting in the past and things like that and i know that you're a fan of them and mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I think i think you might get uh quite a bit out of this but definitely yeah, it's been getting good that. reviews this yeah been getting good reviews it's so really good have a little listen to that yeah and you know when bands come back after a while there's always you're always a little bit worried but i don't think there's any need to worry at all i think and i think that is you know it, again we've discussed that like that cycle is beginning to be broken you you won't get what you want by daughters dream weapon by genghis tron soul invictus by faith no more it feels like bands are learning how to do it now uh, and i think this is definitely an example of that i think it's a really great record so yes i wanted to shout that out nice okay also out today you've got apollo brown and staley blacklight now apollo brown is an alt sort of an alternative hip-hop auteur who works with a lot of different people this is actually i believe his second album of this year which you go oh seems like he's got quite a uh, <laughs> quite a good work ethic if i tell you this is his 19th record in the last decade yeah. and it's actually since 2007 his 27th record including eps it's quite overwhelming etc his back catalogue is is mad it's scary absolutely i find it scary fuck yeah, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend for a second like I've heard even half of these records at all, right? I haven't. But um, he's um, he's got this album out with a guy called Staley, who I have to admit I'm not familiar with. If you like that kind of... This, to me, was a bit like that sort of Moss Def, really kind of cool, very, very... Um, sort of a a very lack of he's got like a really cool kind of lackadaisical flow but it was less that sort of jazzy coffee house um hip-hop and it it, the songs i heard i don't know if this is staley bringing it in but it was much more almost i don't want to say apex 20 i guess but that that sort of thing that electronic kind of boards calendar thing was in a couple of the tracks and i just thought it sounded really good i think he as a rapper his flow is really good he's obviously very 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 busy as an artist and um yeah i think if you're going quite fancy a new hip-hop album to listen to this would be the one that i'm going to navigate myself towards come friday when it comes out as a heads up i think that seems like a very cool project and he's just 
he's just very he's just into, like anyone who releases that amount of music it's very difficult to know where to start but i'm always sort of a bit like thou do you know what I mean? Like that, you yeah, just go like, I have yeah. no fucking idea where I start with this band or yeah. the body. It can be go, intimidating. Quite intimidating, but but like, I'm always impressed. I'm always super impressed by artists that do do that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really, really impressive. It's, it sounds pretty catchy. So, you know, yes, get, get involved in that. But the big album this week, really, is one that we've already put a review out for. Convergent Chelsea Wolf, Blood Moon 1, featuring Steve Brodsky from Cave-Ins, featuring Ben Chisholm of Chelsea Wolf fame as well. We did a review of that. That has gone up this week. It comes out today if you're listening to this podcast, the day that it comes out. Hopefully, if you're a subscribed person to wherever you get your podcast from, then you will have heard what we have to say about this record. And it's a nice little tidbit and morsel for you to be um, raising your anticipation levels before the record comes out. But there's no surprise to say that we both really really like this record a lot i don't think there's any i mean i'm pretty sure that people considering all the the people that are involved with this album they're all people who we've wanged on about a lot and, and loved we've done classic albums on cave-in because stephen Brodsky's involved in this project as well we both have talked about our massive love for converge you know chelsea wolf as well we've banged on about a lot and like even even that last chelsea wolf album when our actual review of it was a little ho-hum i actually went back to the record quite a bit and it really really grew on me and i kind of feel like that maybe we got that a little bit wrong um so yeah i mean uh it's not going to be a surprise that we like it but um uh we'll leave it to you to listen to that actual uh review Mm. podcast to see how much we like it so let's get on with it um brass against who are a covers band a kind of brass based covers band of sort of alternative rock standards i believe they do songs by rage against the machine smashing pumpkins system of down people like that they're actually supporting tool supporting tool on their uk tour although is it the uk tour? i thought it was the us tour are they doing the uk tour doing the uk as well oh wow okay yes they have covered tour as well yeah right yeah so they're doing their their um they're doing which you know again we've chatted about they're they're a covers band yeah so am i that excited no no i I, it's just not our it's just not really our thing is it i mean uh, um i uh, like doing brass versions i mean we're both big fans of brass but uh mm-hmm. i i listened to their version of the pot and 46 and 2 by tool and you know uh i've seen uh wake up by rage against the machine and um yeah i think everyone has seen that so, yeah. <laughs> and um it's not it's not really my cuppa but i'm totally i'm perfect you know it's fine that they exist i was like fine you know mm. i hadn't heard of this band before this news broke though and i think a lot of people hadn't heard of this band before this well, news broke. they've certainly fucking heard of them now because they played welcome to rockville in uh in florida at the weekend and i woke up on sunday morning with a hangover you'll remember Renfrey and I saw oh, this yes. and I was like oh bloody hell how did that happen so essentially what happened <laughs> nice, is nice detail to the story which really wasn't necessary at all not necessary, but hey, you know um, Sophia Eurista their lead singer during their cover of Wake Up by Regent's Machine you've probably seen the video at this point she'd been hinting at the fact that she needed to use the lavatory mm. and <laughs> inquired if anyone would want to get up on stage 
and she would urinate on this person and somebody volunteered someone actually did volunteer yeah someone desperate and enough for attention that they're willing to have <laughs> to, i'm to be not pissed sure on this, in front of thousands well, of people <laughs> i'm not sure this person quite knew what they were getting themselves in for to be perfectly honest but who knows well they knew what they were, they were going to get pissed on yeah but she was you know that was fucking austin powers level piss wasn't it that was like <laughs> if you've seen the <laughs> my first initial response to this right now don't at me that I don't know how things work or whatever. But I was like, is that piss? Oh, I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought it might have been not piss for a minute. Yeah. I thought it might have been, no. what do they call that? What, d- don't. Female ejaculate? Uh, no. <sighs> uh, it was a hell of a stream. Yeah. I mean, Renfrey, I haven't prepped you for this at all, but I'm going to ask you this question anyway. Feel free to plead the fifth if you don't want to answer it. You ever been pissed on? <laughs> um no unless i mean you know occasionally especially as you get older occasionally you know you might drip on yourself does that count yeah i don't (laughs) no (laughs) okay um i used to live uh with a couple who did enjoy i believe the term is water sports water sports and they uh their bedroom was above mine and there was a leak once and um i heard pitter patter on my oh tiny feet (laughs) (laughs) on my mattress yeah and i was furious i was very very angry and uh, i went up to confront them about it and they laughed in my face uh and i was quite i was sort of a should have shat in their bedside desk the 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 temptation to do that was was enormous uh but again you know i mean thankfully that landed on my mattress and not on on me but i mean that was horrible because how do you wash a mattress well you can scrub it but you know after that oh god awful so i think that's probably the closest that i've got um i'm not gonna kink shame you know i'm i'm i think what people do in the privacy of their own home or uh, or in front of thousands of people in this particular case you know if you're into that that's fine um it does it's quite and what i'd say is like just to don't knock it till you tried it <laughs> i got no i'm gonna just i don't want to make myself seem like an odd person and i don't usually talk about this sort of, but i've had plenty of things on me in my life and i don't mind it okay this this sounds like a confession now i mean it's not really a confession you know it's not a confession i mean it's not i'm just saying that actually it's not really that we all fucking do those poos a bit much right just a tad yeah poos a bit too much and well, yeah, I, I've I've been I've had poo on like somebody else's poo on me before, and it's not that nice. That's not that nice, right? But I think no, 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 no. I don't really want to tell this story, but can we just accept that I've had poo on me? That's it, right? Can we just go like, okay, cool, whatever that happened, it happened in the way that happened. I've had poo on me. Can just like that's all right. You want? I'm not. I'm. I don't want to explain it if that's right. Okay, but I have. Okay. Was it a oh, was it Go during? On. Was it during? Was it? Mm, I don't. Mm, was it during? Just say it. Was it a sexy time, Pooh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Stephen Hill. 
Well, I, it wasn't like on. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't on purpose. But it's. <laughs> but the point is right. Is that the point is what I'm saying is is that people with kids, you will know this. People with pets, probably. I've picked up dog shit before. I picked up. I pick up cat shit all the time. You get yeah. it, like my cat's always puking on the floor. Yeah. You know. Bonjour's disgusting. She is not disgusting. She just eats a bit of grass and she vomits it back up again. And she has got a bit of a smelly bottom, admittedly. But like. You know, sometimes when there are times where it's not, it, my point is it is not the most, these natural human bodily functions are not the most disgusting things in the world unless you're some kind of weird neat freak. I don't think, personally. I think there are, well, what something that we're going to be discussing later on the show is I think really the purpose of bringing this story and talking about it and making it the focal point of this week's show isn't actually the incident itself, which to me, as far as these things go, and I'm going to, you know, later on, we're going to go into other things that have happened on stage, which if you think peeing on someone's face is bad, I mean, that is nothing compared to some of the stuff that has happened in modern music history on stage um but really what i find interesting about the story is not the story itself but the reaction to the story and the fact mm. that it has spread far and wide uh to the point where lots of national newspapers are talking about it you mentioned to me i didn't see this but the sun the sun the sun have done a thing on who is this woman do you know what I mean? Like on, on Sophia, who is she? Um, there's a pathetic piece in The Independent. The headline is the brass against urinating incident was everything wrong about rock and roll behaviour. I think for that to come out a week after the Astroworld incident that we talked about last week and to say that's everything that's wrong with rock and roll behaviour is naive in the extreme to be honest um but hey not even naive because they mentioned astro world and mentioned marilyn manson in that piece so it's not naive it's actually completely disingenuous it's yeah. click generating faux outrage mm. i mean as things go it, it's not like the nicest thing in the world so none, none of us i don't think are kind of going yes this is the sort of thing that should be happening all the time and it's great but it just feels like the reaction has been absolutely so OTT and so over the top from people who really should know better. And I mean, I feel like I was saying to you, I've got nothing to like prove this, but it feels to me that this story is getting as much coverage as that Astroworld story last week, which to me just feels completely out of sync. And I'm aware that there is a slight... Um, hypocrisy with us choosing to cover this story as a result of that but really I wanted to, to cover it to talk about why people react in such a I mean I, I, I've seen people be way 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 more disturbed and seem far more upset about this than the Astroworld thing which yeah is such a topsy-turvy fucked up thing really when you think about it she's apologized now if you piss on someone's face and that person that doesn't want you to piss on their face you apologize to that person right if i was to piss on someone's face in my house who didn't want me to piss on their face 
I'm not going to go and knock on every door in my street and go, sorry, I just pissed on. But they're going, oh, people who didn't want to see that. You went to a festival and you saw something you didn't want to see. Well, that sounds like me at Slam Dunk. Right? <laughs> so what we're going to, let's, let's <laughs> fucking ban all of the bands at Slam Dunk then. Like, do you know what I mean? I just, it, if you go to a festival, you might see something that you don't want to see. And that guy consented to it. And you might go, oh shit, that was really fucking odd. That was really weird. Mm. But the people who weren't even there are complaining about it. You weren't even there. Yeah. The, the thing is, is all of those people who are complaining about it who weren't there, they clicked on the video and they watched it, you know? The thing is, we are inherently really interested in behaviour like that. And there's a absolute litany of examples of which this is not anywhere near the worst one. I think the fact that it was essentially a consensual act. Yeah. You know, she, so you don't even need to apologize to that guy because he went, she went, I'm going to piss on your face. And he went, OK. And she pissed on his face. The end. If he I, went after, like, actually, I didn't really like that. She would have gone, oh, so I'm sorry you didn't really like it that much. But you did know that that was what was going to happen. <laughs> I think, I mean, he certainly doesn't seem to mind at all. He seems to be very, no. very happy with the whole incident. Um, I can sort of understand when you go to see a band like i've you know i've seen three bands in the last week and um no one pissed on anyone at those shows and i didn't expect to see anyone piss on anyone so i suppose you're not expecting to see that you can talk about i mean there are you know because the police were yeah there was a, a criminal investigation that took yeah. place she's apologized for it as well and gone oh i went too far and you just think well maybe you did maybe you you know you they, they, you know certainly they're saying, oh, we don't do this all the time and, and we will get to, you know, it, it, it will tar them with that brush forever. This incident will be exactly, the thing that they yeah. remind. But, but ultimately, they're just a fucking covers band. So who cares? I, I mean, I, I, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is like, do these incidences do good things for bands or bad things for bands necessarily because i think sometimes there's a lot of people who are just going oh they have done it for the publicity it's a smart publicity move because i hadn't heard of brass against before this incident i don't know if you had or not but certainly there are literally now millions of people who have heard of them but you know whether they're a, a, a band of good quality or not and as musicians they're you know they're great musician she's got a good voice um but th these kind of incidences tar even great bands sometimes we've discussed the the dillinger stuff in the past and you know there's so much else to talk about with dillinger but there are tons and tons of people who will always just know dillinger as that band with the frontman who pooped in a bag and chucked it into the crowd and I think more often than not, these incidences can do a band a disservice rather than be a good thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think in in the case of the Dillinger Escape Plan, nobody who likes that band or anyone who gave them a chance, of which there were a lot of people, you know, by the end of their career, obviously Dillinger were a, a, a well-established band and it became a footnote into their, to most people that liked Dillinger, yes. Yes. But then... You know, I guess even things that aren't controversial or any band, like, you know, when I think of Upon a Burning Body, they're just that band who pretended one of their members got kidnapped. Yeah. Even yeah. though I think they had some all right songs before that happened. You know, that's not, 
and people even you know even back in 2014 people were like this is terrible this is so offensive and this is and it's like well like maybe maybe they that was a silly thing to do or it didn't really work out or whatever i think it was really silly i mean i think it was a really i i think that is worse than this personally yeah and it's come but it's come to completely define them completely yeah. Whether rightly or wrong, I mean, I'm not a fan of them enough to be like, well, actually, they've made some really good records since then, and blah 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 blah. But most people casually will just remember him for that. And if most people just casually remember Dillinger for the Poon, but like every band will have that one, not not every band, but no, lots yeah, and yeah. lots and lots and lots of bands will have that one thing that you just like, oh, I remember them for that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? There's so many things. Right, we did the vines on Broken Records, and all people remember is our oh, Craig Nichols. He's the guy who was mental in a in a Kerrang interview. Yeah, right? there, there, there's plenty of things where you, where it's just like, oh, that's that band that blah blah blah. Some people even have it with Metallica. For Meta- for a lot of people, Metallica are just oh, they're the ones who, they're that band who sued their fans and tried to close Napster, and that's all they even think about so Ozzy Osbourne buying, yeah uh, bit, buying, bit ahead yeah. of a bat yeah mm. and then he was then you know all that's all people going particularly going into Osbourne so it would have been like oh the dude who bit the head off the bat and that's yeah. it yeah, so exactly. I think like you know it, it's negative to people who don't care about the band yes oh yeah I'd agree who aren't willing to give them a a, a, a chance at all so I think with, with Brass Against yeah more people will remember them for this than will actually listen to their music because yeah. I still haven't listened to them. I've, I've sort of heard a bit of it while it's being played in the background, and then they posted a video and there was a bit of that. And I was like, you know, I just don't need to hear a covers band particularly. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to go out of my way to hear trumpet like fucking Mark Ronson's already done that for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. So I don't need a band doing <laughs> like a trumpet versions of it. But that's not the point, really. I suppose is no, like the people no. who who are like oh, actually, you know, brass covers of system of a down songs that might be quite interesting so i'll i'll check them out they probably then will just completely you know this will be a thing they know about but not something that they are that fussed about particularly it was a strange uh apology and a strange retraction as well which kind of came out very very quickly there was this sort of sense that other members of the band were not particularly happy with what she had done and maybe that's because you know and i kind of feel quite sorry for them because from now on you hear brass against the first thing you're going to think about is piss unless Mm -hmm. you're already a fan of them unless unless they're already established in your mind the first thing you're going to think and probably and I, i can't see and I don't mean this as a disparaging thing to covers bands. I don't particularly have a problem with covers bands doing, you know, brass versions of songs that I like or anything like that. Fine, you know, whatever. It doesn't mm. particularly offend me. But I don't think they'll ever turn that around because it's not as if they're going to come out with this version of, I don't know, fucking... 1979. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which goes, oh my God, it's so amazing that it's made me completely forget about the piss incident. Um, and um, but yeah, but at the same time, the, the 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 sheer, I just think it's absolutely insane the the response to this, which has been really really ott. And yeah, like you say, to say that there's everything wrong about rock and roll behaviour when you still have loads of misogyny in hip hop, for example, or there's the racism in black metal and stuff like that. I mean, and you're focusing on this really 
I think the reason we decided to make it a big part of this show is just get some fucking perspective. Get some actual fucking perspective. Because, like, it's not nice. I mean, obviously, you're a fan of piss and poop, as we've established. I'm I'm not a fan <laughs> of poop. Okay, you're a fan of piss, which is great. <laughs> and like if I say... You, like, if, 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 if someone dare, if someone, like, nudged me, when so, it, it, on, on, all, completely honestly, like, I, I, I absolutely mean this. If she was like, I need a piss, and, and a bunch of my mates were there, and they were like, I dare you to let her piss on you. I dare you. And she was going, I did, and I put my hand, and, and she pissed on me. And I and I would have been like, that was a lot. Like, fuck me, that was a lot. But I don't think I'd be traumatised by that. I don't think I'd be, it would just have been like, hey, remember that weird thing that happened? And that would be it. Mm. It's a storm in a pea cup, isn't it? That's not a great pun to be honest <sighs> fuck's sake I was really happy with yeah, that yeah no actually that's alright a pee cup it's off the top of my head come yeah, on yeah no it's alright actually yeah that's alright that's a 6 out of 10 alright fine yeah. shall we call the episode a storm in a pee cup yeah why not yeah okay yeah. <laughs> really rather than actually the incident itself which I know we've concentrated on quite a bit mm-hmm. already but I, I really just it's more the reaction to it that I just think is fucking insane I'm going to read her, her apology that she put on social media quickly hi everyone I want to speak about my performance at the Rockville Metal Festival in Daytona I've always pushed the limits in music and on stage that night I pushed the limits too far I love my family the band and the fans more than anything and I know that some of them were hurt or offended by what I did I apologise to them and I want them to know that I didn't mean to hurt them you didn't hurt anyone any who says they were hurt by this is a fucking pa- pansy little you're a fucking pansy little cunt you saw a video of someone having a piss like fuck you you better not have kids do you know what i mean so someone's changing nappy fucking change i want an apology on instagram my child shitting a nappy i am not a shock artist i always want to put the music first i'm grateful for all of your continued love and support I don't even mind the apologies particularly. It just seems really OTT, especially when you compare it to the amount of things that have gone on in the past. And we were talking the Black Crows classic albums about how Black Crows seemed a bit more dangerous. I think at some point you said you you felt like Chris Robinson would shove his crotch in your face. Mm. Um, And... I think there is an element of danger that attracts people to this kind of music and and that rubs up sometimes the wrong way against the prevalent mood of the day at the moment which is very much against that sort of thing so we're in an interesting time at the moment with rock and roll behavior and all that kind of thing and i mean i i don't i don't know i don't really have a strong opinion on it either way unless it's an assault of some kind or unless it's actually hurting people and, and like you say, with this particular instant, it's a bit gross, arguably, if you're not into that kind of thing. But it's not I as don't... gross as crowd killing, is it? No, absolutely. I've got a far bigger issue with crowd killing than I have with this. Far bigger. Because crowd killing, I remember going to a Blood Brothers gig. Uh, I might have said this on the show or not. It was actually the final, it was the last the Blood Brothers show in London, certainly, before they broke up at the ULU. Oh, uh, yeah, I went to that. Did you? Yeah. There was a couple of people crowd killing and ruining the whole fucking night, basically. And, you know, people were just getting as far away from these people as they possibly could. But one person just enjoying a beer behind them, a couple of metres away from these two people going absolutely insane. And he absolutely smacked him in the nose and gave him a bloody nose. And... 
because I was a witness to this, I had to go down and like fill out a police report about it and all this kind of shit. And like that is 10 times more offensive to me than this because this is a consensual act at the end of the day it's a bit yeah. gross sure but it's just a, put a like, bit of fucking purell on your face and give it a rub and you're done <laughs> Look, i just think the perspective really needs to i think a lot of people need a lot more perspective when it comes to this sort of thing and for this to be the incident to kind of go this sort of thing needs to stop i mean fucking hell gg allen we all know Gigi Iggy. Allen. We all know the Gigi Allen stuff. Iggy Pop. Yeah. Iggy Pop. Uh, We've talking about of... Iggy Pop recently. Yeah. I mean, Gigi Allen. Like, there are those videos of Henry Rollins playing Black Flag where he is literally just stood in the front row and the guy in the front row is swinging a fist into his skull over and over again until Rollins just beats the shit out of him. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not saying go back to that, but those. No, things, not at all. You know, but those things are things where you look at it and you go, like, that's actually. You know, there's there's you know there's real genuine danger, almost beyond the music in some cases. I mean, I would say, yes. Stu- the Stooges' early gigs became like a war of attrition in a lot of ways. And I think if you get an audience who fucking hate you, well, Dillinger, yeah. you know, like Dillinger, I, I don't think Dillinger ever physically assaulted anyone in the crowd. But I can understand, having done that System of a Down tour, why Dillinger would go on stage at Reading and go. Well, I, re- I was there. I remember it happening. I remember going, this actually has a purpose. It's disgusting and it's extreme, but it has a purpose. He's saying, all these bands are shit. Here's a piece of shit. Equate yeah. yourself with shit. Like, it's, it's, it's not... It wasn't done purely as a piece of shock. Do you know what I mean? It was... Yeah. I mean, it was shocking, but it was yeah. also like, oh, here's a... <laughs> here's Greg's genuine... Feelings, feelings towards the people that he's sharing a bill with yeah and he's done it in the most extreme way because dillinger musically oh, were the most band. were the most extreme band comfortably the most extreme band playing at that entire yeah. weekend yeah and rock music is always going to attract people who want to do those extreme things it's very i have a few examples from japanese bands which i'll get into in a moment okay. and the 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 japanese bands God, goodness me, they are really, really extreme, some of the things that they have done. But I was thinking about why is it? Why is that the case? And Japan, you know, from what I know of the country, I think it has a reputation of being a very conservative country. And because there's this idea of rebellion in rock music and... um, I think those people are rebelling against that conservative nature. So if you are really conservative, you're going to have people rebel against that and things are going to be made worse. So it's probably just better to... Well, there is that be. weird... I mean, Japan, I haven't been to Japan only for like a couple of days. But I haven't been to Japan. The difference between walking around Tokyo during the day and walking around Tokyo at night, like the, the juxtaposition of, you know, polite Japan and the kind of seedy underworld of Japan is massive and it's real as well you know what i mean it's real during the day it felt like oh i'm in you know this most beautiful idyllic everyone's really walking in straight lines it's so clean and crisp and then as soon as the sun went down i came out my hotel room and pretty much every other person asked me if they could wank me off right yeah (laughs) was that just because you're stephen hill no 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 i think they were asking you know i'm saying there was a lot of people on street corners and it was it was yes. very like and you know the suddenly i was like hold on that looks like a place where it's just 
two girls dressed as schoolgirls outside of this. And I was like, that was a fucking, you know, it was a, a McDonald's earlier today. What the fuck's going on? It's like selling <laughs> Nintendo games. And now it's turned into like some kind of weird prepubescent brothel. It was really, really fucking weird. But, you know. But I believe and I suspect, and I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest this and, and to, to correlate along with this, that the reason for that is because of the 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 conservative nature of the country and i'm not mm-hmm. saying you know that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm not making any judgments here i'm just saying i think that is the reason yeah. why mm-hmm. there is that juxtaposition between those two things and i think you can see that in all sorts of places um i mean look there are the famous examples that everyone is aware of i already mentioned Gigi allen who butthole surfers are another <laughs> band who incredibly butthole surfers well, just i mean I've, you know what? We should have done this a while ago, actually. I've just realised. But um, if you're eating, stop eating <laughs> right now because there's some horrible stuff. And also, if you're just... We should have done this right at the beginning of the show, I've just realised. We're, we're not very good with warnings and all those sorts of things, so apologies. But if you are not into, like, scatological shit, blood stuff all that kind of thing you might want to stop listening now or anything like that because we're gonna we're gonna we are going to talk about a lot of that stuff uh yay for fun um but i mean look Gigi allen uh, if you are unaware was a one-man punk thing i I can't i I can't even tell you i mean Gigi allen the murder junkies uh and he he did a bunch of bands but he was like i think they described him as the charles manson of punk rock he used to fight his audience yeah he used to to physically assault his audience he used to take laxatives before going on stage so that he would shit everywhere oh he would play in the middle of the floor by the Mm -hmm. by the way so he wasn't playing on stage he would cut himself he would roll himself in shit he would fling his shit at other people he would eat it and then vomit it out you know and um and a lot of this has been captured on film mm-hmm. um and you well, know, it was at his funeral as well because he died he had a, an overdose he said he was going to commit suicide on stage uh, as well didn't he which he didn't do he actually died of yes. an overdose and then his brother at his funeral he was in his coffin and his brother draped uh, his penis into his dead brother's mouth which i think is a very it goes to show that the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree <laughs> <laughs> no no i mean you know that stuff is i i've got far more of a problem with that so i do appreciate that happened decades ago but yeah. still jim morrison got his uh, little morrison out at a show which is uh, and started jerking himself off mm-hmm. keith moon used to chuck explosives into his bass drum and set them off as like a finale for the show, which I mean, that's more dangerous to the other members of the band and the crowd, I suppose. But that's still fucking <laughs> assault because he didn't fucking tell them he was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> the Ozzy Osbourne stuff we've spoken about. L7 chucking a used tampon. Tampon in the crowd. But again, that was people shouting, get your tits out at her. Yeah, well. That was the misogynistic Reading crowd going, show us your tits, show us your fanny. And they're going, well, you can see this if you want. And then they were like, oh, it's disgusting. It's like, well... Well, you're fucking disgusting. You kind of had that coming, I'm afraid, Yeah, chaps. you're going up to a performer and treating her like an object and saying, get your tits out for so that I can be like, with my mates. That's fucking disgusting. And I personally yeah. find that more disgusting than having a used tampon chucked at me. Mm-hmm. Not that I particularly want a used tampon chucked at me, just to be clear. But uh, <laughs> Next time you see Renfrey at a gig, everyone, everyone <laughs> find a used tampon, no, just like, for fuck's lob sake, it I'd, at him. People have only just stopped taking my pint off of me, so for 
fuck's sake don't tell people to do that because oh my god that that is disturbing then you've got all the black metal stuff you know watane with pigs heads and uh smearing pig's blood all over the crowd and gorgoroth did a bit of that as well didn't gorgoroth my god I heard with Gorgoroth, there is actually a DVD of this. I think it's called Black Mass Krakow. Mm-hmm. I've seen that. They, yeah, they had two models, one nice. male, one female, posing on a cross. And they're just they're just on this cross for, for the whole fucking show, by the sounds of it. And at one point, the woman on the cross passed out, you know. And, like, I mean, I suppose they agreed to do that. But, you know, I think that's uh, far more, you know, gross than... I've got, kind of I've got a DVD of Mike Patton of Faith No More. I, uh, well, it's a video, actually. That old. And when Faith No More supported Guns N' Roses, they used to get piss bottles thrown at them all the time. Bottles of piss and all kinds of shit thrown at them. And there is camcorder evidence of Mike Patton getting one of these bottles, going to the monitors and sitting on the monitors at the front of the stage and opening the bottle up and pouring it over his head and lapping like lapping mm-hmm. at his own and i saw that and then you just see all these piss bottles stop because it's like well i suppose if he's going to chuck that if he's going to drink his our piss there's no point chucking anymore because <laughs> he's so, deranged cause he's well mental. mike Patton, I, I remember i mean i i think this is an incident which is really close to the brass against incident which is worse uh because it was non-consensual and tomahawk. But the tomahawk gig yeah the tomahawk gig i remember seeing uh, not footage, but I saw pictures of Mike Patton pissing on a security guard's head during a Tom Hawk gig. I think I it's in say the photo pit. It was 2001, was and it was, it was in the photo pit because he said, I don't want you to take photos in the encore, during the encore. Because he right. was like, the flash bombs are going up, the, the flash is going up the whole time. He was like, you just do like a few. And he said there were still photographers in the photo pit, so he pissed on Which, right, there you go. again, you know... I guess actions have consequences. If you've been warned beforehand not to go into the photo pit for the encore and you go in and upset the artist, then something may well happen to you. Do you deserve to get pissed on just for doing that? Not really. but Probably you know, not. Yeah, that's no, taking it to an extreme. It's taking it to an extreme, but then it's Mike Patton, isn't it, really? I, I, I mean, look, I, I'm a fan of Mike Patton. I can't defend that. It's, it, you know, it's assault. It, that is assault. But I also think... I mean, the stories around Mike Patton and stuff. I, well, he used to talk about how he would, in hotel rooms, he would screw the top off hair dryers, shit in them, then screw the top back on so that yeah. the next person who used it would get his hot shit all over their face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's it's really prevalent, this stuff. And I mean, that's not us going, it's okay. It's just sort of, I'm just kind of surprised that this is an incident that gets people in a tiz about it going into more underground stuff i wanted to yeah we can name all those examples which people know about i went to some really deep dark corners of the internet (laughs) to to find some stuff aka your browsing history yeah this is definitely this is the definitely the point where we have a little warning on the show fuck me in japan there's an artist called Yamatsuku Ai. Yamatsuku Ai. There we go. Uh, he is quite infamous for sawing a dead cat in half on stage. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, mm. you're a cat lover. I was going to ask your opinion on that. I suppose the cat is already dead, but uh, still. I'm wondering, I mean, if he's willing to do that in front of people, I wonder how the cat died. Mm, quite. I mean, here's the thing, right? I know we're all supposed to be really beloved of people and 
giving everyone equal rights and stuff. That's more upsetting to me than anything anyone's ever done to a human being. And I include the Holocaust in that. Do you know what I mean? Because don't do shit to, shit to cats. Don't do shit to cats. Don't fuck, fuck with cats. Don't, don't fuck, fuck with cats. cats. Um, I mean, it puts pissing on someone who is willing to be pissed on into perspective, yeah. doesn't it? The Gorogigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigigig
Like, do, I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah, Andy yeah. Palm Reader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Andy Palm Reader. Right. Um, so Ian Intention was this sort of short, little cross punk guy. Had the mohawk and he was very, very quiet. Didn't really speak to us that much. We we found he put, put us on put us on this gig, which was like it was kind of tables like a jazz club. It was like tables, a stage in front of us, but then there were all these sort of tables dotted around. For a fucking oi, like <laughs> punky. There's yeah. us and some like alt, really good alt rock band called Sist from Birmingham. We were actually really good. And then Intention were headlining, right? Hardly anyone there. Like probably about ten people there, right? We played fine. Sist played fine. In Intention stood at the back the whole time, like zipped his coat up, all like normal as fuck, right? And then Intention got ready. Again, there's like ten people there. There's, like, two people sat on the front who just wandered into this bar and was like, oh, some bands are playing, right? And in intention just got up on the thing grabbed grabbed the mic started like barking into the mic of their first song got off the stage these only two people sat there kick their table over right and kick their drinks all over kick their ashtray over and there was a load of like ah and then he poured the and then he went to the other another table and he got the beer that was like, he just kicked over the half a pint of beer, poured it in a used ashtray, drank the contents of the ashtray in yep. front of everyone and then just threw the ashtray at the wall. And that was, and I think then we went, oh, we might, we've got to drive back to Ava and we might just go. But that was how we started the set by drinking a fucking ashtray. It was fucking mental. And then wow. he put uh, Daz, our bass player, onto this band in Glasgow called the Swellbellies, who again were like an oi punk band. We're like 20 at this point, 19, 20. And these guys are all in their like mid thirties, late thirties, early forties, whatever. Really, really Glaswegian. And they came and played in Overton, right? And we put a bill together of like other punk bands, but there's no fucking oi bands around Basingstoke and Overton and that sort of Hampshire area. So we were putting on like pop punk bands to support them. So it was all like the local pop punk heroes came down and supported this band. So we used to get like 150, 200 people coming into our little school hall. And the, the kids, like primary school kids, coming to see this gig, right? And these fucking guys came on, the Swell Bellies. And by then they're set, Needles, their singer, not only has he said he's going to bring Charles Bronson back to Overton because he thought the gig was so good and he's like, yeah, Bronson's getting out of jail and you're going to bring him back. We're going to, we're going to come down again. We're going to bring Bronson. And he's saying, yeah, we're going to bring Charles Bronson on tour with us when he gets out of prison. Fucking Char like Charles Bronson, the the world's most dangerous criminal, the inmate who's been in prison for yeah. fucking forever, right? So he was going on about free Charles Bronson. And there's this kid who was... Like he was, he was at primary school still. Jamie, his name was Jamie. Jamie done this podcast. Jamie drew it. He was like a, obviously a man now. And Jamie, he's like a funny little kid, right? Like really, really funny. Quite mouthy. Loved coming to the gigs, and he'd usually just come to the gigs like Blink One Eighty Two t-shirt on, skanking around, listening to Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and the swell bellies were like. This kid's the future of punk. Get him up on stage. Got him up on stage, Jamie drew it. And he was like, this is the future of punk right here. This is going out to you, wee man. And then Needles, in front of a like nine-year-old boy, this thing from Swellbellies, stripped off. Oh. And he's like, come on. And he stood there naked. And then this kid, nine-year-old kid, also 
took all of his so you've got a like a 38 40 year old man singing an oi punk song naked next to a nine-year-old boy and at that point i was like i think our gigs are going to get shut down soon I mean, that sounds fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how the fuck have we gone from putting on like Smashing Pumpkins, like local covers bands doing like silver chair and Smashing Pumpkin songs to some weird, literal, naked, odd fucking pedo couple like of oi punks. What the fuck? And that might be the weirdest thing that ever happened at one of the gigs we put on. It was really weird. Really fucking weird. I saw Jamie in the pub a few months ago and he's uh, <laughs> he's fine. How's he doing? Is he alright? He's alright. I mean, I didn't bring that up, obviously, because why would I? But yeah, he was like, oh, it's Stephen Hill boy. And I was like, oh, Jamie, <laughs> how are you? Why does everyone sound the same from your village? Oh, it's Stephen Hill boy. Because they do. They just do. Because they do all but, the same. Yeah. But I think the point of it was is that there's some mad shit happens sometimes in, in gigs people yes. get carried away yes and i suppose that's the thing it is a space where people get carried away especially performers sometimes because of the adrenaline and things like that now i'm not saying that that necessarily excuses some of that behavior certainly some of the stuff that we have been talking about but again perspective we could just call this show perspective couldn't we yeah it'd be quite boring it would be a bit boring. Um, we also asked you guys on Twitter for mm. your stories of unusual We did, yeah, to give some more perspective into these sort of things. My God, the reaction for this, I think, is one of the best reactions we've had to anything we've ever done. I, I literally I pissed on my own face laughing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. And yeah, I still found it funny. I was kind of pathetic. <laughs> but whatever. Read reading a lot of these um do you want to start or, or well, shall i start let's start with mike venart of oh my venart and i have to say i i believe this because mike venart is a man who pays a lot of attention to the crowd as i recently found out much to my surprise <laughs> when mike said he spotted me checking my phone while biffy clyro were playing recently <laughs> now usually i would be during thorough- um during was it during slurpy 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 yeah 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 (laughs) now i want to say i i don't endorse that kind of behavior unless your football team are searching for a last minute winner against cheltenham now i had and i was i was like we gotta surely beat Cheltenham. so pompey were playing that night and i'm sorry that football takes priority over literally everything in my life i'm afraid so i had to just keep the so I was every couple of minutes I would take it out and just see what was going on in the football and I was getting quite frustrated that we couldn't beat fucking Cheltenham at home. But hey, what did I what well, I shouldn't have expected anything really. But anyway, Mike, sorry about that, mate. But you know, look, you've got to take a back seat to football at all times, I'm afraid. Um Mike yeah, Venance. He says, wasn't over the moon about that, but it's fine. It's fine. I mean he wasn't he wasn't genuinely annoyed. I don't want to give the impression he was genuinely annoyed. Oh, okay. Wrong, yeah. well, he's got every right to be. I would be annoyed. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. He was fucking furious. I don't mind. I don't mind if he was annoyed. I think my excuse (laughs) is a relevant excuse. He was thinking of quitting music over it. Yeah, he's really really pissed. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Mike's is brilliant, yeah. Two people sexing in the front row of a gig I was playing in a swimming pool. I mean, where was this? (laughs) Um, I I looked it up. Uh, It was was a Biffy Clyro gig. It was in Germany. Um, It was... (laughs) 
<laughs> it was um, on Only Revolutions, or at least I assume it was on Only Revolutions because the set, a lot of the set was taken from Only Revolutions. And yeah, um, the crowd were in a swimming pool and Biffy Clyro were playing sort of by the side of the swimming pool. And um, do we need to say allegedly? No, fuck it. Uh, two people were having a bonk. Uh, in the having a bonk? <laughs> <laughs> That's having what I call a- it. Having a bonk to glitter and trauma. Can you imagine? <laughs> In a pool as well. It's not easy it's doing it. Trauma. Underwater is hard as well. So, I mean, that's got to be off-putting, isn't it? Yes, I imagine that would be very... Imagine, imagine they tried to do it in time to the start of living is a problem, but everyone dies. <laughs> dun, dun. He's like, get your hips ready, mate. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. She'd be like, oh, please. <laughs> Can we not? Oh, dear. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, we, have a, we have a few people having bonks in um, mm. in pits and stuff like that, don't we? Having bonks. <laughs> um, Daniel Chilcott. Um, oh, this is, a, this is an interesting one. Someone crowd surfing naked and then proceeding to engage in anal... In a circle pit during Black Dahlia murder at Bloodstock one year. I don't. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I mean, uh, Daniel, for a start, how fucking close are you looking to say that it's anal? Unless it was like very obviously anal. Engaging in anal with someone else. I'm assuming Uh, you can't. uh, Yeah, I'm surprised that it's the first time that other person's getting a mention. To be honest. Because first you got the naked crowd surfer, you're like, fine. Goes back into the circle pit, oh, you're naked. Mm. Where has this random other person come from who was either giving or receiving the anal? What have they been doing? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, naked crowd surfing is the only way to make sure you don't get your wallet nicked while you're... That's true. And hence, it's something that we encourage at Riot <laughs> Act. We should definitely shouldn't say I that. <laughs> Wearing all in one bodysuit would be the better idea. <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah. In, in, uh, I mean, that's that's um, that's not, not, not that's not a nice thing to do to anyone. And the fact that they followed it up by like bumming in a circle pit, bumming in a circle pit. Yeah, mm. sounds like a Bloodhound Gang song. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. This is getting away from sex for a minute. Alan Watts says, "Oh, Git Claxton, no, I mean actually, maybe uh, probably Rick <laughs> Raitman eating a curry during topographic oceans during topographic oceans set at City Hall in the early seventies. Couldn't work out why there seemed to be a curry smell for a while. You said to me, Renfrew, you're like, oh, it's a bit boring this one, isn't it? But I actually don't think it is because I think this speaks don't, very don't, to me." Don't. Don't make out that I was saying Alan's tweet was a bit boring. Now, now no, you said Alan it's like quite well. No, he, I don't think he likes you anyway. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you said like, oh, you know, it's um, it's fairly kind of standard. It's not like whoa, super exciting, you know, super unusual in the same way Compared bumming, bumming, in, bumming a in a circle yeah, pit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's more unusual. Yeah, I think that's fair. Sorry, Alan. But yeah, yeah, that was yeah. yeah. But I actually think this what this says is two things. One, Rick Wakeman's music is so long and pedestrian that he can have a fucking curry in the middle of it whilst playing it. And also, your heart's not in this, mate. If you're eating a curry while you're playing live, your heart's not in this, is it? I do know that Rick Wakeman loves curries. 
Like, that's not he, an excuse, is it? Well, I'm not saying it is. It, I'm not saying it is an excuse. I'm just saying I know he fucking loves curries. So, mm. yeah. I once saw the footballer Mickey Quinn, and I think this is actually quite a famous story, but um, the footballer Mickey Quinn, um, who played for Pompey, he's fat, he's round, he's worth a million pounds, Mickey Quinn. I actually saw him come out come out onto the pitch for a warm-up before a game, and he was eating a pasty while he to come out for his warm for his warm up. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how I'd play football to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't score as many goals as Mickey Quinn though, mate. He was a fucking no. good player. Okay, all right. Oh well no offence, but he was. And yeah, so I, I think the <laughs> like that is a that is a very loose commitment to your 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 art, I think, by like eating a curry while you're on stage. I mean, there might have been like a guitar solo or something like that that went on for 12 that's minutes. How long, Who knows? That's, yeah, that's how long they are that he could actually like yeah. go and have a fucking few poppadoms and then uh, yeah. get, get a starter, a few lamb samosas, order a, order a booner and then get a punky as well. In the, you know those little ice creams have a punky? Have you seen them? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Everyone who's been for a curry, you get the given the dessert menu afterwards, and there's always like a sort of parrot, a plastic parrot, and you open it up and there's ice cream inside, and no one's ever ordered it ever. I, I know nothing about this. What? Have you never been for a curry before? Yeah, I've, I've been to a, I've been to a curry. Of course, I've been to a curry. I just, I just. Uh... <laughs> That's what you said. Well, you just said, I've been to a curry. Which makes you me think... said, have you never been to a curry before? Been for a curry. I've was... been for a curry. Oh, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, been I've been to I've a been curry. For... I've walked up a hill. I've been to the curry. At the top of the hill where I live, they keep a plate of curry. I go out there and go, yep, there is a curry. Good. Uh, I've been for many curries in my time. I've just do, you not never get had the... a... do you not get the... No, a coconut. You have a coconut shell when they fill it full of it's always the same oh, every yeah, that i can see but have you not seen the they've got like a parrot and you or a cockatiel or something like that and it's like a fucking it's called a it's called a punky no i've never heard well of certainly it, in the red fort in overton which is the the best curry house right oh, good recommendation it's well, normally it album reviews but occasionally we do curry houses as well yeah, or, um, sli- or slippers as if the slippers. fucking nerve of you to pull me up hey. on that after you've been exactly. that slipper. <laughs> Um, the brilliantly named Tom G. Wario. I like it. Uh, oh, saw a man fingering a lady at a Deftones gig. He then took said finger and swirled it around his grateful mate's pint. I often wonder what all three are up to these days. It's <sighs> a bit much. It's a bit much. I love Deftones. I thought you were going to say, I love fingering. (laughs) (laughs) I'm partial to it. But I, I, you know, I love Deftones very, very much. But I think there are other ways to uh, show my appreciation for Deftones. I understand, you know, Deftones is quite romantical music as well sometimes. Not all the songs. I mean, Hexagram would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? There's nothing romantic about dipping your fingers into someone's pint and swirling it around afterwards. Oh, no, certainly. I I think that is, that is, that's, that's demeaning both to the fingery. And the innocent party stood next to them with the pint. I think that's disrespectful to both of them, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. he seems, or doesn't seem like a very nice person. And I hope what happened to three like of them. like one of your friends, to be honest. Why would you say that? Because your friends, every single story you have about your friends from Overton, they sound like mad fuckers. Well, I can't think of a single thing, apart from that kid getting his knob out. Apart from that. 
Apart from a nine-year-old boy getting his knob out, I can't think of any controversial <laughs> thing that we've ever done. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I, no, 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 no. I mean, if you're talking about that person at Ayrsy earlier, who's the Pauline fan, he wasn't my mate at all, just someone I work with, he's just a fucking idiot. Okay. I hope that the person with the pint and the girl went, that wasn't very nice, mate. We're going to go off together and you will be cast aside, asunder, and you'll miss Deftones. And he's not part of it anymore. That would be that would feel like karmic retribution and the the right and fair thing to do. But hey, you know, life is rarely fair, is it? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, ride the waves until you see the shore. I think it's a band on Twitter says horror pops at Lee's cockpit many moons ago. Something gets thrown on stage mid song. One by one, each band member sees the item and breaks down laughing until the song is gone. I'd say finished. Finished. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Singer then lifts up the item and says, anyone missing a leg? Some guy had thrown his prosthetic leg and was hopping happily in the crowd, waiting for it to be returned. I mean, I've seen some people lose shoes and shit in mosh pits before, but losing your leg. I have seen someone lose their prosthetic leg at a gig at the Underworld. It's going to drive me fucking insane. I wonder if it's the same bloke. who the band was. <laughs> I wonder if it was, yeah. I want to say it was a Cancer Bats gig. I, I have heard be, this as a story that this. I might, yeah, I might be misremembering the band, but I absolutely, yes, I absolutely saw that. And to be honest, I completely forgotten about that until you read this tweet out. Um, but yes, that did happen. At, it was certainly a band like Cancer Bats, and it wasn't too long ago either. I think it was in the, the Hell last Destroyer five when they played years. the Hell Destroyer in full. Because I was at that um, gig. I didn't go to that, so it wouldn't have been that one. But the, but very like very recently within the last five six years i i saw that for a band like you know one of those hardcore bands uh and yeah i did see someone's prosthetic leg getting like passed around and uh they didn't stop the show but once once the song finished um the, per- the person on stage was just like someone give that guy his leg back because he must be hopping around i mean he seemed very fine with it but yeah that was quite amusing but yeah i have seen that as long happen. as you get it back it's fine i used to know well, someone who had a glass eye and he would throw his glass eye in people's pints and then drink the whole pint and then take his glass eye out and then put it back in and it was a, quite a funny trick yeah 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 a bit unsavory <laughs> <laughs> well look, look would you, <laughs> you wouldn't want to drink that pint after somebody had dropped their glass eye in it wouldn't they so no good way to get more drink rim free there we go. Yeah. There you go. So once you've finished um, recording this, go and stab your own eye out and go and get a glass <laughs> eye. And then you get all the free booze you want when you go to gigs. Just dropping it in. Bloop. Down in one. Well, Give me my eye back. Well, I know exactly what I'll be doing after we finish this record. I can't wait. Um, Adam Mack says, uh, I once saw a guy knitting at a Meshuggah gig. That's inspired, I think. Yeah, I, I, I quite like that. I mean, doubtful in time with the music. You need to I'd knit. be really impressed if it was in time to the music. Seven armed sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like um you know they have extreme ironing where you iron like on a mountain or something like that. Mm. It'd be like extreme knitting. Yeah. Doing it to my sugar. But I like that. I think I like the juxtaposition of that. That's I do, because nice. knitting is supposed to do be something that would relax you. I suppose maybe that could be someone who is massively impressed by Meshuggah, but fucking weirded out by them. Because they're a hard band to really get into, aren't they, Meshuggah? They're a hard yes. band to, like, 
really be like, oh, I love this band. And it, you know, sometimes I put, even as someone who really likes my sugar, I sometimes listen to them and go, oh, this is a bit much. So maybe mm. if you're knitting, it might just take the edge off. Might, yeah, yeah. Do something relaxing whilst the absolutely um, crazy music is happening around you. I, I, I like it. I'm into it. It's a good, good call. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jerry M, we've kind of done this. Mike Patton pissing his shoe and drinking it. Daft cunt, he says. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but we've already spoken about Pat, so I might move on to what I like yeah. to call the daughters section of the podcast. Yes. yes. Alex G, Alexis Marshall having a penis bash with a support band member, then drinking urine and throwing up over the crowd. He's got previous from this, hasn't he, Alexis Marshall? Alexis Marshall, certainly not in the more recent. I mean, I've not seen Alexis Marshall do anything no, I that I've ever, you know, myself. Um, but I've uh, certainly in their sort of original incarnation, I heard all sorts of stories about Alexis Marshall doing things which were a bit like, hmm. Um, uh, there's another one here from Matt Barrett uh, where he says, not been to one of the gigs where Alexis Marshall has had his cock out, uh, but I have seen him cutting his forehead and bleeding everywhere whilst walking through the crowd. I have seen that kind of thing mm. um, from Alexis Marshall. Um, but, you know, I mean, the whole, I mean, the whole cutting yourself thing we briefly mentioned Iggy Pop you've got Casey Chaos from Amen I mean it's it's a massive thing in uh, Richie Edwards yeah. Derby Crash dead Marilyn Manson, uh, Marilyn Manson I saw smashing his chest in and ripping it apart a bunch of times yeah. Daughters in Bristol Tom says Alexis Marshall throwing up into his hands smearing it all over his face and then beating himself up with his own belt mm. Mm. Yes, like sort of... being being himself up with his own belt, I've seen a lot. Yes, yes. Yeah, throwing up into your hand and smearing it all over your own face is quite the look. Not something either of us would recommend. I think it'd be fair to say. No, not so much. No, my mate Dan does a good impression of somebody throwing up and then smearing it all over their face and then it making them sick and then them throwing up again and then them eating it. I don't know why he does it, but it's quite funny. I've not really done it justice here, so I'll move on. But it is funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever meet him, I'll I'll ask him to do it, and I'm sure he Can't will. Can't wait. It's good. Yeah. Zordon Ramsey, Limpers get in the tent at Leeds 2015. A massive pit opened up during Take a Look Around, and a guy ran into the middle, dropped his shorts, curled a dump out, and legged it back out the pit. When the drop came, <laughs> very nice. Everyone ran in shouting, "Mind the poo! Mind the poo!" It was great. Yeah, I'm not happy about this one, to be fair. See, no. I, I think that is a fucking shitty, pardon the pun, shitty thing to do. That, that is not a good, that is not a nice thing to do. Because no, no, no. no one wants to stand in your shit. No one wants to no. fall in your shit. No one wants to fucking circle pit around your shit. No. I mean, that is far more problematic than asking someone to come up on stage and then pissing on their face and making it clear you're going to piss on their face. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Yeah. Definitely. Way, way worse. And it's poo is worse than we. Like I say, we. Oh, my, we's fine. We's fine. <laughs> Let someone wee on you. Give it a go. <laughs> Brad is 77. Less bodily fluid related. Oh. But Electric Six at the Ellsbury Civic CTR in 2004. Fuck me. What a night that would have been. 2004 <laughs> in Ellsbury. Watching Electric Six. Lovely stuff. Support Act weren't playing to any crowd because of a Champions League game on the other room. So they ended the set early and came and watched the game instead. Now, I've brought this in. I think it's a fairly kind of like, oh, that's, you know, pretty funny. But I've brought this 
tweet to our attention because I uh, went up to Blackpool a couple of years ago and something very similar happened when I went to an all-dayer and the band, I was meant to be DJing an after party of a festival and that band, uh, they're not called churches. Churches are called churches. They're not called crosses. <laughs> they're one of one of the other Dickinson. The other, not Austin Dickinson, Griffin Dickinson, his band. Shapes. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shapes. With a V. Shapes were headlining and they went on <laughs> just, just like in the middle of the Liverpool-Tottenham Champions League final. And there was a stage and there was like a little corner where the telly was and everybody, bar about three people, crammed in to this like pool table area with a little telly in the corner and watch a Champions League final. And <laughs> Shapes, who were meant to, apparently meant to play like an hour, played about 15 minutes and had a paddy and walked away. And uh, I could understand that would be rather annoying for you. I could understand it would be annoying. Yeah. It was annoying. I mean, I, I think, I remember being in, I was doing stand-up. I think I was doing stand-up on a night when England were playing uh, a big World Cup game and obviously no one came. But you just got to fucking roll with the punches. Just got to go with it, haven't you? You can't fucking bin off the whole set and then have a cry about it just because of Champions League. Look, look, as Mike Venart has found out to his cost, football is more important than music, I'm afraid. So... (laughs) So you've got to lump it, I'm afraid. You've just got to lump it. <laughs> Liverpool Tottenham in the Champions League final or Shapes, the third best member of the Dickinson family. Second best, probably. Well, a joint second. I don't know. I don't like football and I think I would have rather seen that match than Shapes, I have to confess. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm still on Mike Bernard's side regarding the Biffy Club. <laughs> Very <laughs> naughty. You shouldn't have done that. Biffy against... Well, yeah, look. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. If we'd been 3 up, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have checked. <laughs> Blame our bad Portsmouth fire. It's our fault completely. <laughs> Friend of the show, Emma Van Dates. Uh, not unusual, but funny. This is definitely worth mentioning. When Chino Marino crowd surfed to the back of the forum, downed a beer, ran out of the front of the venue, stole a shirt from a bootlegger, and then couldn't get back into the venue because he didn't have his pass on. I remember that gig. I was at that gig. Well, was that the forum gig where they played Adrenaline in full as the encore? Or was that a different one? Uh, that must have been a different one because oh, okay. I don't remember that at all. Um, but it was when Limp Biscuit, uh, Limp Biscuit were meant to be playing Milton Keynes Bowl with Deftones and Outcast and Godsmack standing up like a sore thumb there. And it got cancelled because Fred Durst had hurt his back. I remember at the time being like, oh, pff, pathetic. Now as someone whose back is essentially made out of like bubble wrap, I, <laughs> I, I, I feel for you, Fred. But I was like, oh, but Deftones did the show at the forum instead and I went to that. And Chino had, uh, he had a couple of drinks, I reckon, before they came on stage that night and he went mental and it was great. It might be my favourite Deftones gig. Oh, wow. It was I'm amazing. Actually just, I've actually just looked up the set list. Would it have been 2001 kind of time? Yeah. Head up, my own summer, shove it. Damone, nice playing Damone. Mm-hmm. Uh, feet they used to be back yeah, in the day for a bit. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, Korea, changing the house of flies. Bored with gorillas. Clint Eastwood tease, very nice. Nosebleed, be quiet. Drive far away with PJ Harvey's techno tease. Would have liked to seen that. Mm-hmm. Around the fur lotion, and that is well. It says here Chino skipped half of the song while climbing to the balcony with that birthmark. Engine number nine with uh, Limp Bizkit's Nookie Tees and seven words. That's all right. 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Do you know who the support band were? No, go on, tell me. Lost Profits. Oh. Speaking of inappropriate behaviour. <laughs> <clears throat> Michael Collins says, Rollins band at the marquee, early 90s. Henry got pissed off at the stage driver, so pulled the guy to the floor and sat on him for the rest of the song. And also, he's mentioned Jesus Lizard at this story. David Yow stripped his pants, then dressed himself up in cardboard boxes. One of the many odd things that David Yow from Jesus Lizard did. He's kind of... <laughs> one man fucking black flag that guy was back in the day I used to be like oh fucking hell I remember first hearing about Jesus Lizard and being like I, I can't really find any of their music or any. but they did Top of the Pops didn't they they did, they did a split with Nirvana split single oh, with Nirvana yeah, and Nirvana yeah, yeah. were like yeah get do you want it and they were like come Top of the Pops and they were like no no get the Jesus Lizard on and that is definitely worth watching um, mm. Rollins I mean yeah, ooh, I'm not sure I'd want Henry Rollins sitting on me no, no. Uh, Maynard did the same thing. He did, the Astoria. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, do, I mean, I think if you're being an absolute dickhead, then um, you probably deserve to get sat on by Henry Rollins, to be honest. So, you know. I also, well, I mean, the thing is, that's the thing, is it? Once you get up on that stage, and people do have this thing where they go, well, just because they got up on stage, you don't mean to do Like now, when it's people getting up on stage and then doing a selfie, and I remember oh, like one of every yeah. time I die, I kick someone's phone out and they're like, oh, but they have yeah. phone. And people are acting like your phone is like the fucking most important thing in the world. It's like, yeah, stop acting yeah. like your phone is a baby or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just a fucking phone. You get another one. And if it's that important, keep it in your fucking pocket, you moron. I think people who get up on stage and take selfies are probably as bad as that band that supported Deftones at the Forum in 2001. <laughs> My mate Jimmy Isaacs got on stage with Sick of It All at the Garage once and he started doing like because he was really into scar and he started like scar dancing right in front of pete collar so pete collar it's called skanking isn't skanking it? yeah he was like skanking yeah. but he was doing it a bit slower and i was like what's he? And we were like what's he doing and pete collar just sort of stood in front of him and then just kicked him in the back into the crowd and he went head first into the crowd and he went so far forward that his legs hit the stage lights he really kicked him really hard and we thought that was funny but then he never did that again do you yeah. see where i'm going with this Rimfrey? is it you yes. again your actions have consequences and it might not always be fair did he deserve to get kicked in the crowd in that manner i mean he probably did to be fair but <laughs> you get your phone out and it gets at a gig and you're getting up on like of course i saw mike, mm. mike Patton did one once where a girl during epic first time i saw faith in the moor in 1997 a girl got up on stage and during epic and wanted to like hug Mike Patton or whatever and he basically ran to the back of the stage and he did like a sort of crucifix sign at her and three massive bodyguards just came along and just dragged her off the stage straight away no mm. fucking around and it's mm. like I don't want you to touch me I don't want you to I know some mm. people are like yeah get up on stage come on get up on stage get up on stage and that's fine but you know get well, on again, get off it is consent, isn't yeah. it? And if someone's running away from you and doing the cross sign, they probably don't want you to touch them. So, you know, just think about it. Probably think about that. Richard Joyce, when Queen Adrena played one of the worst support sets I've ever seen for Incubus at the Astoria. I'm going to say quickly, the worst yes. support slot I think I've ever seen. I've seen Queen Adrena. I saw support. this it exact gig and it was, and they were fucking horrendous. She just tried to fuck a chair. Yeah, the Queen Adrena uh, never really got it at all. But um, Richard Joyce continues, I saw something I'd never seen before. The drummer threw his sticks into the crowd at the end and both separately got thrown back at him. It was deserved. But they got booed off stage pretty much. 
Mm. They got they 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 had a very very harsh reaction, and you know I wouldn't say all they did is play their music, but they were they were not the right band to support Incubus, and they were crap. So I'm not surprised. I don't know what he was thinking because they were getting booed in between songs. So why are you throwing your sticks in the crowd? Like why would you do that? I wish I could remember who I saw Queen Adrena supporting. Was it Lost Weekend? They played the Lost Weekend was like a big gig of theirs. No, no. I, I remember the venue and it was um, the Anson Rooms in Bristol where I remember seeing Queen Adrena, but I don't remember who they were supporting. But they brought a bathtub out on stage and oh. was it Katie Jane Garside? Was yeah, that her name? Yeah, that's her name, yeah. Well remembered. She basically sort of swaddled out of this bath. Swaddled? Is that a thing? Danced out of this bath bath in a vaguely sort of what i'm going to say middle eastern sort of way and um she wasn't naked but she was wearing basically see-through clothes and warbling like a mad person queen adrena were a very art rock thing weren't they but not in a good way she was in daisy chainsaw initially and then she she was in queen adrena she's in a band called ruby throat no oh okay I, i i i did not get queen adrena at all i must say I thought they were fucking rubbish. I mean, I do sometimes go, was that just me being young and not really knowing if they were good or not? But, I mean, it certainly was silly. I've not gone back to them, so who knows? Maybe I'd go back to them and be like, oh my God, this is genius. But somehow I doubt it. Mm. I, you know, yeah. Okay, last one. I'm going to, well, last two, in fact. Because I think these two weirdly belong together, don't they? Yes, I would say so. Yeah, you Sugar, can do both of you. Pres- presumably this is Ash from Sugar Horse. I once took so much ecstasy before watching Death Grips that I could barely see due to my eyes pointing in different directions. I then proceeded to vomit all over myself while standing next to Charlotte Church, who was in a full wedding dress. Now, (laughs) I had to reply to this and go, is that true? (laughs) How much much of that is true? Because that sounds like something that Chris Morris would say. And I know... And I was like, that, that is a very funny thing that you've just invented there. But then he was like, no, no, it, it, it really was true. It really did happen. Fantastic. I mean, we've all been there, haven't we? You know, We have, including Mr. Steve Bobbs, who he replied to us as well and said, I was watching Death Grips wearing a brand new wedding dress, as I want to do, approached by a chap, hair reminiscent of a bird's nest and pupils the size of dinner plates. He looks at me, vomits all over himself and then keeps muttering to himself about Charlotte Church. Well, that's that mystery cleaned up then, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny. That's genuinely really funny. <laughs> That's the greatest way to end this podcast. Mm. Ash, of course, has been on this show as well. Mm. So, and he didn't mention that. I don't know why he didn't mention that when no, he was on I the show. I don't know why he didn't mention it. Um, but he was high as a kite when he came on our show. Yeah, like stop going uh, on about your fucking album and talking about Charlotte Church, you prick. <laughs> Oh dear. All right, anyway, well, there you go. That's a nice way to end what has been a rather unusual show. Remember, guys. You don't need to be scared of piss. But do ask. Do ask whoever pays the phone bill first. <laughs> I think if we've learned anything here today, mm-hmm. it's that you don't need to be scared of piss. You don't need to we be scared. We all do it. We all we have a piss. It. We all have a piss. There are certainly worse things to happen to you than for you to volunteer to be pissed on and then get pissed on. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's also not the greatest, but but there are worse. It's not things, the definitely. best thing that will happen to you in your life, undoubtedly. Mm. But it will be a mere footnote in your life unless you are a member of Brass Against. In which case, it'll probably be the most important thing you ever do in your entire career. <laughs> yeah, rightly or wrongly. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> we'll be back next week. I think we're going to be doing a review of the new Idols album, which should be going out at some point. We're also going to be doing a review of the new Failure record, I believe, yes. at some point, and maybe a couple of other little bits that we haven't completely decided on yet. Go over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast, and we will let you sign up and you can listen to a plethora we will let well you, you can up. sign up you may sign up <laughs> yeah. you may give us money there you go consent <laughs> again um, <laughs> we will be having lots more stuff coming up on the Patreon page so do go and sign up there cheers for listening everyone we will see you very very soon bye now <laughs>